This is the broadcast voice of Marshall University. WMUL-FM, Huntington, West Virginia. And now, News Center 88 at 5, the area source for the most complete news coverage from across the campus of Marshall University and the Huntington Tri-State area. And now, the News Center 88 team. Good evening, everyone. For this Monday, October 11, 2021, I'm James Parsons. And I'm Abigail Cunningham. Coming up this evening on News Center 88, a popular Southern California beach that was closed after an undersea pipeline linked has reopened. All on your only daily source for Marshall Broadcast News. Rebecca Law will be in with the Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Ryan Sirk will be in with the FM 88 sports report. The current temperature outside is a cloudy 83 degrees. And now, on to our top story. Southwest Airlines has canceled hundreds more flights following a weekend of major service disruptions that it blamed on bad weather and air traffic control issues. Southwest canceled about 360 flights and more than 600 others were delayed today. The Dallas-based airline canceled 1,900 flights Saturday and Sunday. The widespread disruptions began shortly after the pilots' union asked a federal court on Friday to block the airline's order that all employees get vaccinated against COVID-19. But both the company and its pilots' union denied reports of a sick-out to protest mandatory COVID-19 vaccinations. Benson Kiproto won the pandemic-delayed Boston Marathon as the race returned from a 30-month absence and moved to the fall for the first time in its 125-year history. Diana Kipyogi won the women's race to complete the eighth Kenyan sweep since 2000. Fall foliage replaced the spring daffodils, and mass took the place of mylar from Hopkinton to Boston. A rolling start and shrunken field allowed for social distancing on the course as organizers tried to manage amid a changing COVID-19 outbreak. Last year's race was canceled for the first time since the event began in 1897. A U.S.-based economist has won the Nobel Prize for Economics for pioneering research that showed an increase in minimum wage doesn't lead to less hiring and immigrants don't lower pay for native-born workers, challenging commonly held ideas. Two others in the U.S. shared the award today for creating a way to study these types of social issues. The winners are David Card of the University of California, Berkeley, Joshua Angris from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, and Guido and beans from Stanford University. The Royal Swedish Academy of Sciences said the three have, quote, completely reshaped empirical work in the econo- economic sciences, unquote. A popular Southern California beach that was closed for more than a week after an undersea pipeline leaked crude oil into ocean waters has reopened, and far sooner than many expected. Huntington Beach's city and state beaches reopened after officials said water quality tests revealed no detectable levels of oil-associated toxins in the water. Huntington Beach is known as Surf City USA and has reeled economically from the pipeline leak. The spill was confirmed October 2nd and the ocean had been off-limits, but surfers, swimmers, and shorewalkers returned today. Most Americans across party lines have serious concerns about cyber attacks on U.S. computer systems and viewed China and Russia as major threats. That's according to a new poll by the Pearson Institute and the Associated Press. 
NOR, excuse me, NORC Center for Public Affairs Research finding that about 9 in 10 Americans are at least somewhat concerned about hacks that involve their personal information. Financial institutions, government agencies, or certain utilities. About two-thirds say they are very or extremely concerned. Roughly three-quarters say the Chinese and Russian governments are a major threat to the cybersecurity of the U.S. government. Coming up, a divided Ohio Supreme Court has upheld the death sentence of an Ohio man. That and more news from across the tri-state when New Center 88 returns, right after this. Captain's log. Start at 696, the lure of our queen, 6640. During a scouting mission for Her Majesty's Royal Space Force, Ed and I have uncovered WMUL, a revolutionary source of good radio. Now we must bring this news back to our world to restore our people's hope and radio. Al, we have a problem. What is it, Ian? I've lost a signal. We can't hear WMUL anymore. How will we be able to prove our findings to our queen and her council? Calm down, Ian. I've got an idea. Let's check out the primitive human internet. Aha! Ian, pull up marshall.edu slash WMUL on your terminal. On it. Amazing. WMUL streams 24-7 online, so it's accessible from everywhere. And look, WMUL also covers news, sports, and original programming. Not just music. Just keep playing WMUL, Ian. We've hit the motherland. It's important that healthcare providers, including doctors and nurses, either wash their hands with soap and water or use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer both before and after they touch you. Healthcare providers know to practice hand hygiene, but sometimes they forget. You and your loved ones can play a role by asking and reminding healthcare providers to wash their hands, especially while they're caring for you. They don't mind being asked to wash their hands. They want to prevent infections as much as you do. A message from the CDC. Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best newscast in the state of West Virginia by the Associated Press. I'm James Parsons. And I'm Abigail Cunningham. West Virginia's special legislative session on redistricting starts today. Lawmakers will have to deal with how to draw up one less congressional seat and make wholesale changes in the House of Delegates. Lawmakers will meet in special session as part of three days of interim meetings that are expected to last through Wednesday. West Virginia lost one of its three U.S. House seats after the 2020 census. Lawmakers must figure a way to divide the state into two districts. The state Senate has 17 districts. House seats are being apportioned into 100 single-member districts following passage of a 2018 bill. Currently, there are 67 districts, many with multiple members. The Columbus Zoo and Aquarium says it is appealing the loss of its most important accreditation accreditation excuse me last week but will remain that retain that accredit accreditation during the 30-day appeals process the associated press reports that the zoo sent a long letter to members friday night with new details on wednesday the nation's top zoo accrediting body the association of zoos and aquariums announced it was suspending one of the zoo's accreditations the ohio zoo told members if the appeal is unsuccessful it would not affect operations or the experience of visitors, but will bar the zoo's participation in species survival and breeding programs. 
During the recent standoff over the nation's debt limit, Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell showed just how far he'll go to stop President Joe Biden's agenda. He engineered both the showdown and also its resolution this past week. But there will be another fight when funding to pay America's bills runs out in December. To some Republicans, McConnell is a shrewd leader, using every tool at his disposal to leverage power and undermine Biden's priorities. To others, including Donald Trump, he's weak, having caved too soon. To Democrats, McConnell remains an infuriating rival who's shown once again that he's willing to break one institutional norm after another to pursue Republican power. Authorities say seven residents and staff members of a Kentucky nursing home that caught fire have been taken to a hospital with injuries. The Associated Press reported that crews with the Danville Fire Department went to landmark of Danville Nursing Home yesterday morning and saw smoke coming from a residential building. The fire department said 60 residents and staff were evacuated within about 20 to 25 minutes. They were later allowed to return to the nursing home. Seven people were sent to Ephraim McDowell Regional Medical Center with injuries that were not life-threatening. The nursing home suffered smoke and water damage, but no structural damage. A divided Ohio Supreme Court has upheld the death sentence of a man who killed four relatives, including an eight-year-old boy. Court records show death row inmate Aaron Lawson fatally shot his adult cousin, her son, her mother, and her stepfather. The high court said Thursday that the slayings of multiple people, including a child, outweighed Lawson's significant mental health issues and other factors raised in his defense. A dissenting justice said the 27-year-old Lawson could appeal based on a new state law prohibiting the execution of people who were severely mentally ill at the time of their crime. Coming up next, tensions persist between legacy of Columbus and native people. That and more news from around the nation when News Center 8 returns. Stay with us. score here at Camp Randall Stadium. Happy to have you along this Saturday afternoon. Back inside Reed Green Coliseum in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Bobby Edding Sportside bringing you all tonight's action. Marshall Trail Southern Miss. On the sky deck from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in Greenville, North Carolina. ECU leads the Thundering Herd. To the home center, Boone, North Carolina. Andrew Anspacker on board. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage. WMUL-FM, Huntington. and welcome to the Music Request Hotline. Please state the name of the genre you'd like to hear. Alternative? You said hip-hop. If that's correct, please say yes. No. You have confirmed hip-hop. No, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. I said alternative. Country you want to hear? No, no, no. Country it is. No, I said, said alternative. Sports. Alternative Tech rock. Music. No, no, okay. no, no, no. Tired of ignored requests? No, 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 Call 696-6651 no, no, and get what you asked for no, on WMUL-FM. No, I want Welcome back to News Center 88, voted best news program by the National Broadcasting Society. I'm James Parsons. And I'm Abigail Cunningham, a former utility executive who lost billions on a failed nuclear project in South Carolina is heading to prison soon. A state judge today accepted a two-year sentence for ex-SCANA CEO Kevin Marsh. It was the last hurdle before Marsh promised to report to a federal prison in North Carolina in December. Prosecutors agreed to Marsh's request to serve his sentence in federal prison rather than state prison. Marsh lied about the progress of two nuclear reactors in South Carolina. 
Marsh is the first executive to go to prison over the project, which lasted nine years and never generated a watt of power. A federal judge ruled that prison staffing levels will remain an issue and the Department of Justice's lawsuit against Alabama's correction system. The U.S. Department of Justice last year sued Alabama, saying male inmates live in unsafe prisons with excessive levels of violence. U.S. District Judge David Proctor on Friday refused Alabama's request to dismiss staffing issues from the litigation. But Proctor agreed with state lawyers that some of the Justice Department's allegations were overly broad. He said the Justice Department must file the amended complaint within 40, 45 days. Stocks edge lower in afternoon trading on Wall Street today as communications companies and banks broadly fell. The S&P 500 fell 0.1% and the Dow Jones Industrial Average fell 0.04%. The Nasdaq fell 0.1%. The price of benchmark U.S. crude oil was up 1.5% to over $80 a barrel. Investors are looking ahead to the beginning of company earnings reports this week. J.P. Morgan Chase delivers its results on Wednesday, and Bank of America, Wells Fargo, and Citigroup will report on Thursday. The De Labor Department will release inflation measures on Wednesday and Thursday. Bond trading was closed for the Columbus Day holiday. An appeal eight court is set to debate a lawsuit challenging South Carolina's abortion law about a week after the U.S. Supreme Court considers a similar measure in Mississippi. The fourth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals has tentatively calendared the South Carolina case for oral arguments the week of December 6th. Planned Parenthood is suing South Carolina over the measure, which requires doctors to perform ultrasounds to check for a so-called, quote, fatal heartbeat, unquote, if cardiac excuse me, activity is detected. The abortion can only be performed if the pregnancy was caused by rape or incest or if the mother's life is in danger. A judge has blocked South Carolina's law pending the outcome of a challenge to Mississippi's new abortion law, which the U.S. Supreme Court expects to hear December 1st. Today's federal holiday dedicated to Christopher Columbus is highlighting the ongoing divide between those who view the explorer as a representative of Italian-American's history and those horrified by an annual tribute that ignores the native people whose lives and culture were forever changed by colon colonialism. Communities across the U.S. took a deeper look at Columbus' legacy in recent years, pairing or replacing it with Indigenous Peoples Day. On Friday, President Joe Biden issued the first presidential proclamation of Indigenous Peoples Day. But activists said efforts to end a formal holiday in Columbus's name remain stalled by politicians and organizations focusing on Italian-American heritage. Coming up next, officials in Georgia have fired two workers accused of shredding paper voter registration applications. Your daily political update when New Center 8 returns, right after this. Freedom of, freedom, of speech means means freedom of speech means freedom to say, I don't like the cafeteria food. I'm pro-choice. I'm bipolar. I want change in my government. The freedom to say, I'm Republican and I'm gay. As, as long, long as, as it's, it's not hurting, hurting anyone, anyone. Whatever I say. Whatever I say. I have the freedom. I have the freedom to say it. I have the freedom to say it. This message is brought to you by the NAB Education Foundation, the Broadcast Education Association, Robert R. McCormick Foundation, and this station. 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, the WMUL request line singer. Oh man, we're out of range. I'll miss all of my favorite music. No worries. With WMUL's 24-7 live stream, the cutting edge of your radio dial becomes the cutting edge of your phone, too. Just go to marshall.edu slash WMUL, and your favorite music goes wherever you do. I'll pull it up now, just in time for more music. Call 696-6651 now. DJs are standing by. Coming up next. Oh. Welcome back to New Center 88. I'm James Parsons. And I'm Abigail Cunningham. The United Nations chief is warning that Afghanistan is facing, quote, a make-or-break moment, unquote. Antonio Guterres today urged the world to prevent the country's economy from collapsing. He also appealed to the Taliban to stop breaking its promises to allow women to work and girls to have access to all levels of education. He says 80% of Afghanistan's economy is informal, with women playing an overwhelming role. He says, quote, without them, there is no way the Afghan economy and society will recover, unquote. He said the UN is urgently appealing to countries to inject cash into the aid-dependent Afghan economy. The number of miners who risked their lives to cross the inhospitable stretch of land that separates Colombia and Panama has reached a record high. UNICEF said today that 19,000 miners crossed the Darien Gap between January and September. The figure is almost triple the total for the last five years. UNICEF says that at least one in five migrants who walked the area were children, half of those under the age of five. UNICEF's director for Latin America and the Caribbean says the rapid increase of migrant children should be addressed as a serious regional humanitarian crisis. Officials in Georgia's most populous county have fired two workers accused of shredding shredding paper voter registration applications. A Fulton County statement says preliminary information indicates that the employees checked out batches of applications for processing. Instead of fully processing them, they're alleged to have shredded some of the forms. Fellow employees reported the alleged actions to their supervisor Friday morning and the two employees were fired that day. The county reported the alleged actions to the Secretary of State's office and the District Attorney's office for investigation. The county's election operations are already under review by the state. Dozens of large German companies have urged the country's next government to put in place ambitious policies to meet the goals of the 2015 Paris Climate Accord. The 69 companies said in an open letter today that the next government needs to put Germany, quote, on a clear and reliable path to climate neutrality, unquote, with a plan for doing so within its first 100 days in office. The signatories include chemicals company Bayer, Steelmaker, ThyssenKrupp, and sportswear firm Puma. The center-left Social Democrats narrowly beat outgoing Chancellor Angela Merkel's conservative union bloc in last month's election. They were due to meet today with the environmentalist Greens Party and the pro-business Free Democrats to discuss forming a coalition government. Dozens of drones have flown across Tel Aviv in an experiment that officials believe could pave the way for commercial drone use across Israel. Israel's National Drone Initiative, a government program, believes delivering goods via aerial drones will take pressure off highly congested urban roads. Today's demonstration is part of a two-year program aiming to apply the capabilities of Israeli drone companies to establish a network where customers can order goods and have them delivered to pickup spots. The initiative faces many issues, 
including ensuring that drones can handle flights through turbulent weather conditions and that individual privacy is not violated. And coming up, Rebecca Law will have a complete look at your Metro Huntington weather forecast, and Ryan Sirk will be in with the FM88 Sports Report. Stay with us. High school students from around the world come to spend a semester or year in area schools. Your family can learn about Germany, China, Finland, or another country by hosting a student. International Experience is a nonprofit that facilitates international exchange, and they invite you to share your home with a student who will become a part of your family. To learn more, contact International Experience at 888-266-2921. That's 888-266-2921, or visit ie-usa.com. 888-266-2921. Welcome back to News Center 88. I'm Rebecca Law, and now it's time for your Metro Huntington weather forecast. Currently, it is a cloudy 83 degrees. Today, the temperature is a high of 83 and a low of 64. This early evening, we will see some clouds that will give way to clear skies overnight. We will have a light wind. However, it will be pretty humid tonight with a 76% humidity. Tomorrow will be a high of 82 and a low of 58. Tomorrow, Mr. Sunshine will be playing hide-and-go-seek with intervals of clouds and warm sunshine. Tomorrow evening, there is the slightest chance of rain with a nice breeze all evening. Wednesday will have a high of 81 and a low of 63 with clouds and humidity all through the day. Make sure to pack your umbrellas as there's a slight chance of rain in the middle of the day. On this day in 1988, low pressure brought gale force winds into the Great Lakes region with snow and sleet reported, but unseasonably warm weather prevailed in the north central U.S. The mercury hit 84 degrees in Cutbank, Montana and Warland, Wyoming. The temperature in Gunnison, Colorado soared from 12 degrees in the morning to 66 degrees by afternoon. Currently outside the WMUL studios, it is a cloudy 83 degrees. That's your Metro Huntington weather forecast for News Center 88. I'm Rebecca Law. Thanks, Rebecca. Now, Ryan Sirk joins us with the FM 88 Sports Report. Thanks, guys. In college football news, Georgia is the new number one in the Associated Press College Football Poll by unanimous vote, taking the top spot during the regular season for the first time since November 1982. LSU star receiver Kayshawn Boot will miss the rest of the season with a leg injury, Boot, whose nine touchdowns this season are tied for the most in the FBS, injured his leg during last Saturday's loss to Kentucky. Texas A&M has been fined $100,000 by the Southeastern Conference for violating the policy on fans entering the field of play. In NFL news, wide receiver Juju Smith-Schuster dislocated a shoulder on Sunday and is undergoing surgery later this week that is expected to sideline him about four months. Running back Clyde Edwards-Alaire sprained the MCL in his left knee and will be out of the Kansas City Chiefs lineup for a few weeks. In addition, Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill suffered a minor knee injury on Sunday night, but the team does not expect him to miss time. Running back Saquon Barkley left with an ankle injury in the first quarter. Quarterback Daniel Jones suffered a concussion late in the second quarter, and wide receiver Kenny Galladay exited at halftime with what he termed a hyperextended knee for the Giants. The Baltimore Ravens will take on the Indianapolis Colts on Monday Night Football. Lamar Jackson and the Ravens will look to improve its 3-1 record against the 1-3 Colts. 
Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow is in, quote, good shape, unquote, following a precautionary hospital visit for a throat contusion, Coach Zach Taylor said. Burrow was having difficulty speaking, according to Taylor, following the Bengals' 25-22 overtime loss to the Green Bay Packers on Sunday in Cincinnati. Burrow was taken to a local hospital before he was scheduled to have his post-game news conference. Moving on to the NBA. Discussions have gained momentum on all-star Ben Simmons returning to the Philadelphia 76ers likely as soon as this week. Philadelphia management and coach Doc Rivers progressed in talks over the weekend with Simmons' agent, Clutch Sports CEO Rich Paul, on a resolution for Simmons to report to the team. Lakers guard Taylor Horton Tucker will undergo surgery to repair torn ligaments in his right thumb. Horton Tucker, who turns 21 next month, signed a three-year, $32 million extension in the offseason, providing the team an ascending talent among a roster mostly comprised of accomplished veterans. On the Diamond and MLB news, Albert Pujols, the three-time MVP who has been used primarily as a late-game pinch hitter, will start at first base for the Los Angeles Dodgers in Game 3 of the National League Division Series on Monday night. Given an extra day of rest due to the postponement of Game 4 until Tuesday, the Houston Astros will instead start Lance McCullers Jr. against the Chicago White Sox. In Marshall news, the men's soccer team beat the FAU Owls 3-0 in a Conference USA matchup on Saturday. Marshall football won on Saturday, 20-13 in overtime against the Old Dominion Monarchs. The women's soccer team lost 3-0 in a Conference USA matchup against the UTSA Roadrunners. The Marshall volleyball team won in three straight sets to the FAU Owls. In other news, Manchester City defender Benjamin Mendy has been refused bail for a third time as he awaits trial on four charges of rape and sexual assault. The France left-back was charged on August 26th with alleged attacks on three different women between October 2020 and August 2021, and was denied bail for a second time at the start of last month. UFC legend Chuck Little was arrested early Monday on a misdemeanor charge of domestic violence. Thank you to ESPN for the information provided in this report. That will do it for the sports report. For the FM 88 sports team, I'm Ryan Sirk. Thanks, Ryan. When we return on New Center 88, Radcliffe, Kentucky is now part of the Guinness Book of World Records. Stay with us to find out more right after this on New Center 88. You're listening to West Virginia's first public radio station. Public radio? What does that mean? No commercials. All I'm trying to say is maybe uh, no commercials is a good idea. Help build ratings. So crank up the commercial-free sound of WMUL FM 88.1, and we guarantee you won't hear one single commercial. Would you believe that someone could go in for cancer treatment and end up infected with hepatitis C? I'm Evelyn McKnight, and that's what happened to me, because a healthcare worker reused a syringe during my chemotherapy. This should never happen, but in fact, thousands of people have been exposed to serious infections because of unsafe injections. Don't let it happen to you. Learn what questions to ask your healthcare provider to protect your health or even save your life. To find out more, go to oneandonlycampaign.org. Do it today. And finally, today on New Center 88, it was no small feat and now a landmark in Radcliffe, Kentucky is part of the Guinness Book of World Records. 
the Associated Press reports what started as a sharp idea in 2017 has turned into a crowning moment for Red Hill Cutlery and its owners Lonnie Jason and Josh Basham. The company has received confirmation that it does indeed own the world's largest pocket knife at 34 feet 6 inches. The blade alone weighs 1,500 pounds. The business will hold a formal celebration next week. A pre- excuse me, a peeling portrait of Polish piano composer Frederick Chopin purchased at a flea market hung modestly in a private house in Poland for almost three decades before an expert dated the painting to the 19th century. The small painting now resides in a bank vault somewhere in eastern Poland while its owners negotiate their next steps. News of the artwork's existence broke this week as Warsaw hosted the 18th Frederick Chopin piano competition. The art expert who ex- excuse me, examined the portrait said that it has significant historic value, but he refrained from estimating what it might sell for. He says it's not possible to pinpoint the exact year it was created, and it will be difficult to identify the artist. It is not exactly on par with India's Taj Mahal, but a family house in a small town in northern Bosnia is in its own way a monument to love. The house was designed and built by the 72-year-old Vojin Kusik. With a green facade and a red metal roof, it can rotate a full circle to satisfy his wife, Jubika's shifting desire as to what she would like to see when she looks out of its windows. Kusik, who did not get a chance to go to college, designed and built his rotating house by himself using electric motors and wheels from an old military transport vehicle. In Bosnian, his wife's name means loved one. And that does it for this edition of News Center 88. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at 5 for the most complete news from Marshall University and the tri-state area. And remember to check us out on the World Wide Web at marshall.edu slash WMUL. For Abigail Cunningham, Rebecca Law, Ryan Cert, Mike Stanley, and the entire News Center 88 team, I'm James Parsons. And your thought of the day is, the smallest deed is better than the greatest intention, John Burroughs.